This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. We are joined today by some very special guests, uh, creators of a show that's very near and dear to my heart. Gives me a lot of nostalgia. We're joined by Jay Rosencrantz, John Ray, and Mark Brody, the creators and financier of The Micros. Yes. That's appropriate, right? Yeah. Well done. Okay, just, just making sure. Yeah. I guess you're also a special guest because you shouldn't fucking be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me? Why yeah. are you here, Burke? I He's a you very day... special guest. Can you have a day three today? Uh, briefly. I yeah. played one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I made the mistake of having hope. Yeah. And that's that's a terrible, mm-hmm. terrible thing to take into these. Heard events. you got it in pretty light. Fucking ace five, man. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. why why is this a hand that we've decided that is playable? It's just not. You got in with aces full? Uh yeah, at ace five on ace jack seven ace jack. So you haven't lost. I'm here. Wow, that's uh I'm trying to think of all the hands that beat you coming up with one. Yeah, there's one. You boys miss it? <laughs> you you miss the grind? You miss these hand histories in the story? I miss uh I miss the people comedy wow like the stories are so good yeah so i mean there's no there's no world that has the stories that the poker world yeah i definitely miss the world uh i don't miss the grind really yeah um and that was what i love so much about the micros is that uh it allowed me to geek out on poker without actually having to play lots of poker because i just love the game and the people but man it's 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 a hard life it it really uh Rewatching it yesterday it really is crazy to me how much you guys embodied the culture that was taking place around that time frame. How old were you whenever the micros were being See, developed? This was uh, 11 or this was 11, 12, 13 years ago. 12 or 13. So I was 35 at the I think time. I was 25 or 26. Okay, like so there's like a pretty big doc. That's like me and Landon kind of uh, age gap here. Mm-hmm. So you guys were kind of coming from both ends of the spectrum. I assume that you had already been in poker for a while. Um, actually, no, I mean. Yes, uh, I was a product of the the money maker boom, you know, yep. but uh, I had a family. Uh, 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 <laughs> had because uh, of poker. <laughs> that's right. No, I, I still do. They're still with me. Um, but uh, I, I had gone to film school, uh, and so my background really was TV and, mm-hmm. and film. Um, and I fell into poker uh, because I was a I was a stay at home dad, and poker was something online poker was something that I could do at home. That I thought, you know, hey, I can just roll out of bed in my robe and and play. Um, during nap times and stuff. And that's kind of how I got into the game. And I really dove into it, read everything I could, watched every show I could. Um, and I became a, a, a regular on the 2 plus 2 forums. Um, but my background really was film, animation, TV. And so I was, I was one of the guys doing all the memes on the 2 plus 2 forums. Sure. Videos, the original funny. Thomas Keeling, if you will. Yes, in fact, we worked with Thomas yeah. actually on Cyborg. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I, w- I was from that same crop. There was also like Eponymous and Ron Mexico. Uh, there was just the other so kid, many creative uh, guys. Serious. Yeah, that was Thomas Keeling. Yeah. Oh, thank Se- you, Tom. Seriously Thanks. Serious thank was you. his was his uh, screen name. So that was my background, and um, uh, I did a couple of videos on the two plus two forums that really. Uh, I guess went viral before things went viral. Sure. Um, and, that, and, and one of those videos was sort of the proto 
micros. It was it was using the same software and stuff. So that was that, that was, was X X. I extra can't remember. Normal. Extra, extra normal. normal yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was at I was at Card Runners at the time do, too, doing videos for them as well. So that, I, I was I was trying to sort of smush my production background with poker. Okay, which I think is still pretty true to a lot of the content creators today. I mean, I know everybody, not everybody, but a lot of the people that work with us, it's kind of the same thing. Jay, you had a totally different path, right? Like you uh, were in yeah. two months, two million. You were playing high stakes. Yeah. How, was, did, how did all of this come to be? I, I was a, a child of the internet. Like uh, you know, I I graduated and was playing like micro stakes, small stakes, no limit, two plus two. I spent all day every day there. Those were all my friends. We knew each other by screen names first. Posted strategy in every single forum you could, and grinded my way up to the highest stakes in the world. We developed two months, two million, made that. We made um, another guy I met on two plus two, he and I made from Busto to Robusto about Captain Zebo and then Andrew Robel. And then we turned our experience there into making Bet Raise Fold, which ended up becoming a feature documentary that sort of captured the boom and the bust of internet poker. And I had a training site, Deuces Cracked, that I started with all my friends. And so, I feel like I spent all day, every day on 2 plus 2 in Beats Bragg's variants, in HSNL at the time, in NVG. That was like my language that yeah. I spoke. And um, I was always, I went to film school also. So I was always interested in the stories of all the people that I ran into in the world. I thought, all these characters are so incredible. Uh, all these stories on 2 plus 2 are this just like, untapped gold mine and at the time when the micros came about when i found john i was thinking oh like web series are starting to become a thing on the internet these like narrative sort of short form almost like television shows what if you made one about poker and at the time i was like what if you wouldn't it be so funny to make a show about the people who ran an online poker site they must be so dumb like they don't know anything about uh, they don't know anything about online poker, but they're running these billion dollar companies like they don't understand the community at all. And then so I saw John's content one day in NVG or something like that. It had gone viral on two plus two and he was using this software extra normal that sort of looked hilarious, but also looked like you could um, animate narrative. And then I remember reaching out to you like on DM or whatever on two plus two. I remember extra normal for one specific thing that went like mega viral and it was the, it was the Android versus iPhone. Yeah. There was like a hilarious bit that was created on there that uh, kept getting like warped, you know, like the, the Hitler speech from that movie that constantly yeah, gets uh, repurposed. Down, downfall, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It constantly gets repurposed for some. It was, it was that, and I just remember watching like a hundred different versions of it. Yeah. yeah, and at the time, other people were making content with extra normals, like a meme kind of thing on two plus two. Yeah. So it was like a text to speech animation suite, and then John took it and was like, ha ha ha, like, you know, sort of like I am a god of this. Like, here's some really entertaining content, and so I messaged you and I was like, do you think you could do this? Um, to make like a web series and you were like, I don't see why not. And then we just started jamming and I told him about this idea for a show. And then he said, that's funny. And then I feel like this is like a dichotomy of our relationship. That's funny. How do we make it funnier? And you were like, what if, <laughs> what if instead of it being the people who ran the online poker site, what if it was a show about micro stakes, poker players, about the donks, about the, the people that everyone 
has inside of them that everybody and the dreams of, of what everybody wants to be. And then I kind of, or, or both of us, it was like a, it was like a flow. I don't know who came up with what, but very quickly we got to, there should be a maniac and there should be a really tight nitty player and there should be the dreamer. And these would represent sort of the three kind of archetypes of psychology in every poker player. Like there's always the impulse to gamble too big. There's always the impulse to play too conservative. Yep. And there's always the dream of winning the World Series of Poker main event. And then he and I just like, really, we went into a whole of like a fugue state of sort of building the pilot. I mean, maybe yeah. you could talk a little bit about what that was like. Uh, well, three months. Uh, yeah, the, 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 there's a good way to describe the, the characters. The way I've always uh, thought about it is that, um, you know, if you can kind of imagine the perfect poker player, right? And if you shatter them into three parts, mm -hmm. that's, those are our main characters. Like if you could take Tommy's brain and Rose's guts yep. and Chase's heart, and smoosh them together, you'd have kind of the perfect poker player. Separately, they can't do it. On, right. You know, um, and, and, and that for me was kind of the, that was the, that was the key. I was like, okay, that's, everybody's gonna understand that. That's, that's how uh, we're gonna relate to poker players. Um, and ultimately doing a show about poker players was gonna be just more relatable than doing a show about poker sites. You know, I thought, eh, our audience is gonna be wider. Yeah, and I, I don't yeah. know if it was intentional or not, but um, there are a lot of parallels between rounders and the micros in very different worlds right yeah, yeah. like rounders was this seedy underground yeah. game but you know you have the same thing mike mcd is the dreamer worm is the the, the degenerate and kanish is the guy trying to keep them all in line kind of thing yeah. but that's kind of that's that's where like the the one-to-one -one parallels kind of stop right well we also had the villain with the funny uh accent and the heads yeah. up yeah. Yeah, yeah, i mean yeah, you true. know it does that's it does true. go well, you guys made fun that. of that actually in the in the uh yeah, yeah. in the show itself yeah. when yeah. you had koppelman and um yeah, they, yeah. And, and i grew up with brian yeah. Yeah. so yeah. we had, we had full uh <laughs> we had full rights to use that thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was an homage yeah right let's get that clear right now it's a great line but it's two totally different worlds right and i think that that's I think the parallels are what kind of draw us in and, and let us sink our teeth into it. But we, as somebody who grew up from the Moneymaker era as well, I romanticized rounders, but the micros was the real life, right? <laughs> like micros was actually what was happening where we're dusting off our $50 bankroll over and over and over again, rinse and repeat until finally we take a shot at something and rip something off, you know, maybe not to the extreme of 1.2, but you know, you actually have a functional role right. and like, I've been locked in a bathroom <laughs> screaming. I knew he was bluffing yep. mm -hmm. while my entire role gets flushed down the toilet. So yep. like, oh, I was, was, I was the one outside banging on the door for sure. <laughs> like that, that's the thing though. Like, I think it is so relatable and like all the characters, like, you know, when, when the poker boom was happening, you had like these little poker groups, right? Everybody had their crew and, and you had this, those characters in there, right? There was always someone who was too aggressive someone who was not a you know was too tight and then the people in between and that that was relatable for me because like i guess i was the knit and berkey was the uh madman yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did that how did that then frame out into a pilot yeah i think i think we were like from my recollection we built the world very fast because like we were creatively inspired we were like just like yes ending each other to oblivion like oh chase lives in his mom's basement Oh, that's hilarious. And like Rose is always broke and borrowing from both of them all the time. And I think dialogue just started naturally flowing. And then immediately maybe like I drafted like a really shitty version of the script. And then you were like, I feel like. Also, yeah, basically John <laughs> on every script, 
they generally took like seven or eight drafts to get to a finish point and every draft john would just like circle in red and write like funnier <laughs> and, like, and that was great for me because like i was still learning how to like i'd gone to school for screen i know how to read scripts but i was still learning how to write something that would go in front of an audience mm -hmm. and john had done television animation and animation directing so in a lot of ways he was sort of shaping this into be being something that he could animate i think that was always it we were like in our heads we laid enough groundwork for there to be more than a pilot we thought maybe there could be a show and they can go on an adventure through like a world that they don't belong in and they're in over their heads but it was really like this like let's make like some sort of 10 minute ish like pilot or something like that that tells the story of how they win the Sunday Mega Millions, and like let's just m work on it till it's good. And in our heads, we were like, a hundred people are going to watch right. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we painted ourselves into a corner with the pilot because we didn't really foresee the the success that Micros was going to have. We mm -hmm. like like Jay said, we thought just our friends and family was going to see it. And if we'd if we'd known it was going to be a series, we probably wouldn't have had. We might not have had them win the Sunday Millions or whatever. Because kind of the fun of the micros is seeing them in the micros, right? Yeah, yeah, like seeing right. them like playing the penny stakes and, and, and maybe Rose is playing the high stakes one day, but not the next day, you know, when she dusts off her, her role. Um, and so that's the fun is the, the everyman chase, you know, the, the, that, that's what's relatable. And in the very first episode, we had them win, a, you know, a bazillion dollars. I'm like, oh shit, now what do we do, you know? And so we immediately went about trying to get them to lose all that money because we, right. we wanted to bring it back to what, where we thought the comedy and the relatability was going to be, which is in the micros, right? Like it, 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 the irony was that it was called the micros and the first thing we did was put them in the big leagues. You know? It's kind of a fun arc though because uh, the dream is evident to everybody in the audience and giving them a little taste of it right away and then demonstrating, like there's a lot of fun also mm -hmm. in creating the arc of showing that they're in over their heads. Yeah. And, you know, the, all, all of the, the pitfalls that they're going to run into week over week, uh, you know, episode over episode, whatever. Um, I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but how much did Black Friday kind of ruin whatever big picture plans you guys had? I mean, ruined everything. Black Friday for me, I mean, everyone has their Black Friday story. All do, right? Like. Yeah. For me, it just it's just a train wreck of my like entire life and community and friend group. Like, juice is cracked. We lost half our customers almost instantly. The micros was wiped out. Full Tilt no longer had any money. You couldn't even get in touch with anyone. I feel like we were calling Brody on Skype or something like that. And he was like whispering. He's like, let's <laughs> <laughs> get the lights off. And he's like, you wouldn't believe the shit I'm seeing. <laughs> like, where are you? Somewhere in the world. I can't tell. Uh, <laughs> the he's, yeah he's and not like wrong. yeah and the only good thing for me about that was like we were filming bet raise fold which was a documentary about how the internet changed the right. subculture of poker and then we were in the middle of the biggest event in poker's history so that movie became much more yeah there's a hard pivot in that movie right where you guys really lean into the daniel anderson story uh where she basically goes from like playing 2550 to working her nursing job again yeah yeah, documentary gold, but life disaster. Right, right. and micros disaster. Yeah, yeah so let, let me just jump in there because um, we, so John uh, wasn't as involved in Bet Race Fold as Jay and I were at the time, and uh, when I, and when Black Friday happened, 
uh, Ryan Purpo, uh, who who was uh, a producer and directing it, was on the road, and I, I think that Jay and Ryan had a conversation about you know what do we do, and I think you and I talked, and I just said you keep rolling. I said because this is you know this is history, and um and he happened to be with Danielle at the time, and um and we continued down that that uh, that story path. Wow, is that do you remember, Jay? I remember before we released that movie, we're at Naked Fish with Ryan in the parking lot. We're on the verge of premiering it at the Palms. What, what I don't know, 2012. Like I, think. Yeah. I remember this, yeah. Yeah, and Mark, Mark was like, look around, boys. Look at Vegas. Look at the Vistas. Within one year, all the online poker sites will be back and advertising <laughs> to everybody. That's what I remember. About I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. uh while we're kind of on on the subject of your your storyline in this mark how did you get to the point of getting linked up to them uh, i assume like basically making the show beyond the pilot i think jay should kind of maybe start there and i'll kind of chime in this is you know this is their, their gig wait uh repeat the question like how how did it get to the point of uh you developing a relationship with mark ah. who uh I, I guess like helped finance the show yeah so like basically I remember, I just remember like conversation with John being like, we've worked on it long enough. It's ready. But, like, sure you don't want to like polish this joke about like blah, blah. And he's like, no, it must go. Like we must like push out the door. This is after three months. And it was like, we knew it was funny, I think. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, but we had no idea sort of what to expect. So I think I tweeted it or put it on two plus two or something, or maybe I tweeted it and got on two plus two. Mm. And then within like 24 hours, it had hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. And people loved it. And the thread on two plus two, was like, Loading, and then I got a phone call. I was in New York at the time from like an unknown number or something like that, and I picked it up and it was like, "Is this Jay Rosencrantz?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "My name is Mark Brody, and I want to buy your show." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What show?" He's like, "The cartoon, the one that everyone is talking about. You you made the poker cartoon, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then he's like. <laughs> Look, who's your like who's your manager or whatever? Let me talk to them. Like and and I'm just like I think I'm like typing to you on like Google Meet or Hangout or something like that. There's like dude on the phone. And I like and he's he very quickly he's like I run television production around the world for full tilt poker. We want to give you money to keep doing whatever you just did. <laughs> <laughs> and then John and I talked and I think we were like very quickly Mark sort of made us feel like um we could do a lot more like he would finance us he would find a way for full tilt to finance us sponsor it let us keep doing whatever it is and in, in his view mm. that we had done we just still didn't even know what we had done uh <laughs> or what we could do really yeah but we're then making, he was we're so, making it up as we went along yeah and he was Absolutely. sort of like let me kind of help you guys take it from where it is now is something that we can entertain the poker world with on a regular basis and to us that was really exciting and i think you were just like we can do it a lot of different ways but whatever we do i think very quickly you were like you guys are the creatives i'm gonna be the shield between you and the people who don't understand it yet no one's gonna fuck with you yeah basically like no <laughs> yeah. one's gonna fuck with you like be be as funny as possible like whatever that voice is that you know satirical sort of voice that understands the community that's what this is that's what we need to be 
and like I can get you cameos from all the red pros, everybody at full tilt. Like we have access to sort of everybody in the poker world. If we do this right, it can be, I think it was like the Simpsons of poker. Yeah, and that voice is something that can only be done in cartoons, I think. Um, it's what, why South Park gets away with what they mm -hmm. get away with, you know? Is something about the medium is that you can kind of do and say anything and poke fun at anything and get away with it, you know? Um, and, and that's that, you know. The, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think it's not personalized, right? When you're just looking at an animated character, if it's, uh, you know, whether it's a, a cartoon human or a cartoon animal, it's like, you know, this person can't really personify all of the, the negative things in the world. So it's just kind of free to make fun of everything and anything. And I, I mean, you know, personally, somebody who <laughs> enjoys comedy, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, it's nice to take off the, the, the restraints every now and again. Uh, to, to kind of understand your backstory a little bit, I, I know he mentioned that you were kind of involved in a lot of production with Full Tilt, which for anybody who doesn't know what was going on pre-Black Friday, all of the poker television that we saw was being driven by Full Tilt and Stars, like 100% of it. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you got into that role and like some of the, the things that you've produced throughout the years? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll kind of keep it brief to poker, but basically I started uh, as a you know, television reporter, uh, went into uh, the NBA as an uh, associate director and producer, and then, um, you know, by luck, um, Maury uh, Escandani, uh, a guy named Hugh Arian at Echo Entertainment, uh, were working on High Stakes Poker, and I were just about to launch Poker After Dark. And uh, I came in to work for them, and at a certain point, uh, Tilt was just like, hey, we have a lot of production. You know, you want to move over to Ireland and oversee it? And, you know, I was like, this is a great opportunity, and, you know, I'm playing poker every day anyway, why not? Yeah. To kind of move my family over there and and at the time of the micros i think i was overseeing like maybe like 16 17 productions in like 14 countries because we had you know we had poker after dark here and we had you know just a million different shows going on at the same time and what, what was funny i had this huge content machine under me and you know youtube was kind of you know this new medium if you will Mm. And everyone was trying to kind of figure out like how to monetize it and you know use it the right way. And remember, you know, Deuce is cracked, card runners, you know, we all had training videos out, all the stuff. And of course, you know, they had a couple of thousand whatever, but the poker audience was limited. Anyway, like everyone else, I got sent to micros. This thing it was getting like, you know, a thousand views an hour, which was like just unheard of back in the day. Sure. And I'm like, this is a no brainer, you know, and, you know, so I called Jay. I said, uh, you know, we're going to do this the right way. Uh, I'm, you know, I think I'm a pretty funny guy. I think we'll you know, be able to work together. And um, yeah, and then uh, it it explode, you know, it, it exploded. And you know, I think each episode, you know, was averaging like two hundred thousand views, which was just terrific. But I was getting major pushback from you know, my, uh, the guys above me, because they're like, you're destroying the brand. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, you guys aren't in, in, in touch with the brand. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we got here based on, you know, a lot of television I've worked on. I'm like, you know, this is audience driven. And I knew that like, when I talked to like, you know, some of the players, like whether it was Slidell or Jennifer or whoever, they loved it. Like, it was amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm like, so I'm, I'm like, I'm like, if I have the support of the players, I'm like, 
it's all going to work out. And Full and, Tilt was always cutting edge with that stuff, too. Their commercials were so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, my like, God, the Ivy commercial, yeah, man. I'm an irreverent. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't take credit for a, a lot of the commercials, but just, like, from an irreverent stand standpoint, um, I was very outspoken, and uh, I'm kind of an irreverent. Yeah. Inappropriate, some would say. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, Back to them. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just going to keep jumping around because uh, as questions present, I think it's worth asking. So when Black Friday did happen, since your relationship was with, with, with Full Tilt, but you were also kind of um, a little bit responsible for them at that point, how did how did you move forward in navigating things? Because I think you guys pivoted the stars at some point, no? Yeah, so what happened was um, <laughs> when Black Friday happened, I was working on what was at the time going to be the biggest poker series in the world called the Onyx Cup. And um, I was in Vienna. That was, a, that was a funny scene when they take the sign off of the uh, Tatiana's desk. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny that you remember that because this is after they told me to cancel the show and I was still producing it. Yeah. And <laughs> six minutes after that clip aired, remember, everything was supposed to be business as usual and we right. were operating like, you know, normally in poker, uh, normally in, in Europe. And, and I work for Pocket Kings, which is the marketing arm. I see Ray beelining towards my office. And I'm just like, he saw the sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so, uh, yeah, so um, once Black Friday happened, um, it was business as usual, you know, for a little while. Uh, we were over in Europe. Um, I actually uh, had a shoot um, in Wales for late night poker the following Monday. And uh, I said to, we had like kind of a crisis meeting on Saturday and i said you know let's cancel the production and they're like no and i said no let's cancel the production this is the right thing to do let's kind of like you know understand what's going on and obviously i, I work for the place i don't have an you know ownership I'm like no it's business as usual get out there and you know I, this is where i started to kind of you know sense and this kind of all goes into bet race fold in terms of the arc of uh you know how things happen me kind of feeding jay kind of the inside story but like whenever I would go to a show, you know, I'd make sure the money was there and, you know, everything was, you know, done right. And like <laughs> I get on the plane, like the money wasn't wired yet. And I'm chasing, you know, finance to get the money wired. And then a couple of, you know, uh, owners who remain nameless because I don't do that to people uh, backed out and I had to, you know, backfill. So I'm kind of working to get the show going. And then um, uh, I guess like maybe half and, and the show is supposed to shoot for like four days. You know, we're supposed to get like, you know, 20 episodes or something and um on on a on you know near the end of the first day i had to shut it down because you know just like i didn't have the buy-in i only had what i had on me for like you know the first you know maybe like two shows like a quarter mil mm -hmm. and uh, i had to shut it down and that was when there was like a lot of articles that came out real quickly like on poker news like hey full tilt shuts down production and and i flew back to ireland and i was just kind of livid and um and uh and it was at that moment i was like you know what i'm like i'm shutting down everything but the micro is just gonna fucking go and we and i just kept it going throughout the entire i think we had it going up until october right until, until i think we released two more or at least two or three more uh pieces just to kind of you know make fun of you know what was happening in real time and that was what was so special about the micros because it was when it was at maturity, it was so in the moment. I mean, John had, John had the DOJ sticker up with the first, um, you know, few seconds of what was supposed to be the next episode 
within hours of you know things going on that he got accused of having advanced knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was just, it was just, it, was just, it, it really, um, you know, sometimes life's absurdities, uh, you know, you can't even fathom. Yeah, things like that. That answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. W- was it mostly the, the forums that you guys drew your inspiration from? Because I know that that was like kind of the community back then. Yeah, I would say um, early on. Uh, and we started to drift away, like... There were fewer and fewer inside jokes, like super inside jokes, because there yeah. are jokes in there that I think probably nobody in this room, maybe I, I might not even remember where the jokes came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were deep pulls from the two plus two forums. Um, well, the, yeah, like uh, like Landon definitely doesn't know the the triple range merge right, right. book. Yeah. And that it costs, you know, $8,000. There's no way he knows Let There Be Range. <laughs> right, right, There's right. just no shot. I've heard of the mm-hmm. book. I've never heard, like, read a page. Right, but I'm sure, I'm sure, like, that, like, that evolved into some book on GTO that is way overpriced that everybody misinterprets into. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually thought, for what it's worth, uh, I actually thought Let There Be Range was, like, you love that pivotal. Book. It was pivotal yeah, it was, in me yeah. understanding game theory. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I until now, I didn't even know it was a real book. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't remember who wrote it. it was, Tree Win. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just evolved into co- being called a mega master. But, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was free if you knew the right people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just like stuff now. <laughs> yeah. So early on, I mean, we had lots of those inside jokes, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, we were writing the pilot just for us, essentially. Right. We were just like, what's going to make us laugh and our friends on the forums? That, that was the goal. Yeah. Was to just get people laughing. On the, on the forums. Um, and so those early episodes are full of all of those inside jokes and stuff. Um, as we started to figure out the characters and really flesh them out, uh, I, I made a deliberate decision to really start making it more character driven, you know, because yeah. that's what's going to give the, the, the show longevity, right? right? Is we, we got to fall in love with the characters. We got to tell compelling stories. Um, and all of the inside jokes and the topical stuff and, and the culture and all that, that's all fungible, right? I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, there was a cheating scandal back then. There's a cheating scandal right now. Right. If we were doing the micros right now, we'd be making jokes about that and not the other cheating scandal, right? That, that stuff can be shuffled in and out, right? But what can't be shuffled in and out is the characters, right? right. Is, is they've got to be honest and relatable, um, and funny, and and they have to, and, and and the people watching the show have to be able to see themselves in all of them. Not, you know, I mean, maybe everybody's got their favorite, but they need to be able to see something of themselves in all of the different characters, including Max, who's our our, our villain, because I I really consider him the fourth main character because yeah. he was so so important to those those episodes. Um, and if we if we continued with the show, I I would wanted to bring him back in, you know, as much as much as possible because he was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it was always like to John's point. It was also always about like who, who they were as poker players. That was always so important. Like their problems were poker player problems. Like only poker players <laughs> would care so much about like who, how, who's got what action in a Sunday tournament, <laughs> right, and right. that's like the, the end of the world for that day. It's so urgent. It's so high stakes, and that's what made it relatable. We we were always like. What is Chase like obsessed about right now? Like, what has Rose done that she's a little bit too ashamed to tell people? What is Tommy really feeling proud about in terms of his investments or his horses or whatever? How is that causing conflict? So we I, we would always every episode start from there and then just like brainstorm until we found something I think 
that we were like, oh, that's a funny situation. Were you drawing from your own personal experiences or like experiences of your, your inner circle whenever you're thinking about these characters? All of the above. Yeah. yeah. Just for, anywhere the, a funny idea came from, it doesn't matter where it came from. But it was never like, uh, you know, Balls is specifically this person in my life. I think for me, I mean, Balls was, or Rose was Vanessa Selbst and uh, <laughs> Jonas Enten, who is Riverboat King. Like that's who yeah. I thought of when I was writing. And I was like, they're always in these degenerate situations, uh, endearingly degenerate. Right. But like for me for me the way i i always viewed it was sort of in this like i mean it's hard to even put myself back there but it was definitely life that's how, and i viewed two plus two in the forums as part of life like yeah. that was my life that's probably the site i read maybe someday is the only site i even looked at on the internet yeah and there's there's no there's no one-to-one uh, -one correlation between the characters and real life figures i would say mm -hmm. you know um i mean at this point they are their own Entities, of course right? yeah um but you know we put bits of ourselves in each of the characters we also drew from experiences uh friends of ours um uh and the other people that that really had a massive impact on how the actors. characters turned out too was the actors exactly um if you look at uh for, chase is a great example you know if you look at chase in the pilot and then chase in maybe like the sixth or seventh episode i mean he's he's, he's there's there's a definite difference right mm -hmm. Um, I attribute a lot of that to Donnie's performance, Donnie Oakleaf, who, who is Chase. I mean, Donnie really is Chase. The writers he, of Rounders said my name. <laughs> yeah, like, like Donnie, I swear to God, he is Chase, except that he knows nothing about poker. Oh, so he is Chase. He, he knows nothing he knows, about poker, right? He knew nothing about nothing poker, about like and, absolutely nothing. And Donnie brought, like, in, in, the, in, the, in the pilot, um, Chase is a little bit more of a sad sack. You know, he's a little bit more of a, oh, you know, this isn't going to work out and kind of stuff like that. Um, and we did keep some of that, but, but it's like later on, privately, Chase is full of doubt, right? And he talks to himself in the mirror and he's got his, his alter ego and, and, and he's, he's always down on himself. But publicly, he has this optimism whenever other people are around. He is endlessly optimistic that things are going to work out. And that, that is Donnie, absolutely. I mean, he has this just joy to him, you know? Yeah. And, and like, he walks in a room and he starts talking and it's just like, everybody lights up. He's so much fun. He's such a wonderful guy. And he helped shape Chase just through his performance. You know, we started, we started writing lines because we knew that those actors, they'd be funny coming out of those actors' mouths. You know, yeah, that was gonna be my follow -up. Did it get to a point where you started to like almost craft the, the script in in light of who was doing the performance absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean i was like like it was it was a whole remote operation john was in la i was in new york donnie who played chase was in new york and um Kristen and nathan who played rose and tommy were in la so john would record to them and then he would give us recording instructions so, so donnie would come to my house and i was always like looking forward to those recording sessions because I would get to like explain and, and like try to explain in a in a sort to like a layman sort of like this is the poker world this is what's happening here's like the metaphor for what it's like in the real world and then he would sort of internalize it and then just start recording and it would be so fun and funny to see him just bring this to life in that voice I just want to add a layer to that, which is, uh, you know, real tribute you know, to John, such a fabulous director. And um, I, I've produced a lot of, you know, television documentary over the years, but 
this cartoon was just a beast. I mean, it w- I mean, like, you know, we talk about the phone call and like, you know, it, it kind of changed all of our lives in a way, but man, it, you know, John just deserves so much credit because, you know, it was cat wrangling and, um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and every, you know, with animation, you know, if, if, if I would call Jay or, or John and say, Hey, you know, you know, make it funnier, you know, we got to change this line. John would be like, do you realize what we have to do in order to change this one line? <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, I don't care. Like, you know, let, let's just go yeah. do it. And, but yeah, John just, 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 you know, bravo. I, well, thank you. Thank you. And I, I will say, you know, you, uh, we had to change very, very few things. Like, like you let us get away with a lot, murder. I think. Mur- the absolute murder. <laughs> there were a few things that, that, that did have to be changed. The, but, the, but... the prison uh, break. Right. I was serious. Well, yeah, that <laughs> that, I literally let you get that. away with murder. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we can't do this. Right. <laughs> that was your line? <laughs> Oh, There's a point where Bart Hansen stands up and goes, "I came." Funny, funny trivia though. Uh, Bart um, read for Chase the 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 part. Actually. I can see that yeah, actually. Somewhere we have we have Bart doing the the lines. Yeah, and then flash forward to the micros being the Simpsons of poker, uh, the Hustler stream, which Bart you know made famous. Uh, you know, winds up being the Robbie Jack forehand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's actually the hand that Chase has against Max, where he makes the greatest call that led to the I came line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you go. The the flamingo hat was such a nice touch. Okay, like yeah. that, that I little. We were watching that last night. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you know, like, again, when you, when you came through that era, that's just like going to be something you'll never forget, even though it's a, a, it's topical to that time period. And, and that was a Tom Dwan. Like, isn't there, there's a picture. He, he like lost a prop bet or something and had yeah. to wear a flamingo hat. That's yeah, the, yeah. the origin of that for anybody who just doesn't, doesn't know. Right. But yeah. like characterizing the hat then and giving it a voice is just so yeah, fucking yeah. Yeah. genius. He was, the vo- he was the voice. Yeah. He was the sensei, right? He had all, yeah. the, all the lines, the, the matrix. Merge is a lie. And, yeah. I know, there is no spoon. <laughs> Honestly, I was, <laughs> yes, la- I was laughing so hard. Don't move until night. you see it, which is from, uh, um, uh, searching for Bobby Fisher. Yeah, I think. that was one of my favorites. That's so yeah, yeah. fucking good. Don't move yeah. until you see it. Don't move until you see it. There, there's <laughs> in, in in that mirror scene. There's so, we. It was so tight, and we worked so hard to get every line right. And I remember the uh, the classic. You know, I can be an Eric Schoenberg's mirror. <laughs> just you know, like you guys just nailed every piece of that whole scene. I love that. So how did this all end? It seems like it had so much positive force moving forward uh obviously black friday had a, a, a big part of it but like what was it like when you guys just woke up one day and was like god pull the plug that that's essentially it i mean it, that black friday killed it you know yeah. because all the marketing money dried up in north america um <laughs> damn and so yeah, that was I, it. Mean, I mean I, we think, t- I think there's no there's no funding for like it's a it's sort of a black hole of uh, like a money pit. It's like literally, if you wanted to light money on fire after Black Friday, you would make a poker cartoon and finance it <laughs> yeah, for yeah. a market that doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. That it became so so small. So like all potential distribution, all potential financiers, buyers, whatever, <laughs> they were gone. And and somehow you made an episode about it. We made se- a couple episodes <laughs> yeah. after for Black Friday. We did so the we good. did the World Series uh, special with all mm-hmm. the cameos. Uh, we, stars we did. Get, we got poker one. stars to do one episode for us. The lost episode. That was maybe a year later. Lost so. episode, so good. That was the hope. That the hope was that it was going to be a timely episode. And then I think I think the hope was like Mark managed to find a way to get poker stars to pay us 
to make it and then we thought okay we're, we're gonna release it and we're gonna be back but then poker stars was sort of like well we actually can't really do this because we're secretly negotiating with the doj to buy full tilt right <laughs> and uh we can't like satirize that um before that happens so i think that was like the nail in the coffin and then and, and if, if if the micros was was done now like the patreon didn't exist back then right, right. kickstarter mm -hmm. kickstarter was in its infancy i think mm -hmm. Um, I think there are avenues, you know, is that we had a strong enough base, uh, fan base that we probably could have kept it going for a while on a skeleton crew and put out maybe an episode every other month or something like that. But those, those tools didn't exist back then. You know, um, nobody else in this room knows this, but, uh, when I started Solve for Y in 2016, a big part of the vision, you know, the actual training, uh, aspect of it, much like I'm sure you did with Deuces Cracked, it was just the idea of root cause analysis and problem solving, right? So we're just gonna build a training site that addresses these issues and it's gonna be geared towards live poker. But what I really saw was a massive hole in the market was the gap that was left from the micros till 2016. And at that time, the November 9 was a huge event. And you know, we saw all of these guys going off and training allegedly for like, you know, 60 or 75 days in between making the final table and arriving. And it seemed as though having known people who made the November nine and like watching it all play out, no one actually did anything. Uh, <laughs> and in 2012, I was a part of like the team that helped train Russell Thomas. And we had a small crew uh, of guys that were friends of a friend and they filmed the whole thing. We did a docu-series over it and it was one of the most, uh, one of the most enjoyable things that I was a part of. And it was so much fun to watch back. So in 2016, I was just like, okay, well, part of this needs to be content creation because it's such a it's such a wide open market in the poker industry and like youtube was starting to get traction at this point it was like this has to make a lot of sense so whenever i launched the company i started working with that production crew again pigtails we ultimately did dead money which was uh, a docuseries following me uh through the super high roller bowl but the first thing that i wanted to do when we started the company was reach out to you guys and see if we could reboot the micros Aww. yeah and awesome. i just determined we didn't have money <laughs> <laughs> sounds like everybody's problem as old as time it, it's been the the hurdle every single step of the way we've made two documentaries we've made a few docuseries on on youtube and they're all fully funded here and they're just absolute we have to be a half a million in the hole making content <laughs> Like, we'll just never get any of that money back. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I always make the joke to people that I've been getting uh, better and better at losing less and less money in content. That's great. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a, it's such a tough lesson to learn. Uh, and, you know, big shout out to PokerGo because they've helped finance a lot of this stuff along the way. But we're always out of pocket. And, you know, there, there's just, there's no real monetary gain it's not like you're you're pitching to hollywood where they're coming to you with this massive contract right. or you know pre-black friday to a site yeah you only just you get paid in laughter not appreciation <laughs> laughter don't pay the bills right it's just, all hope, you get. just hope somebody over at netflix sees it and picks it up yeah yeah i mean i don't know how realistic that stuff even is it's not anymore it's a dream <laughs> you know like, yeah, I, I, we did a documentary a couple years ago uh, called To Be Determined. We followed around a one-two grinder. It was, it's, you know, kind of similar to, uh, I guess, if you were to smash Bet Race Fold and Micros together and kind of draw a, a and dark... And attributed to people. Yeah, a darker storyline <laughs> out of it. Uh, that, that's ultimately what it came out to be. And, you know, we partnered with PokerGo to do it, but it got positioned behind the paywall. 
And then we were like, okay, well, we'll try to, we'll try to shop it to uh, other distribution platforms. Nobody wants anything to do with poker. You know, they're, they're not listening. No one's taking calls. So eventually, like, he just landed on YouTube. And sure, it has 150,000 views, but that's $220. And it's not even monetized because we used copywritten music. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of support. So it's just like, yeah, yeah so people saw it. <laughs> that's, that's it. People saw it. They say, hey, I love the documentary, and that's all you get. Yeah. yeah, I think it was, what's funny is the way Ryan Furpo found me or tells the story was he was like, lo he loves poker. He's spending you know a lot of time on 2 plus 2. He was an independent filmmaker at the time. And his dream was like, oh my God, like all these like high stakes pros, like they're splashing so much money around. If only there were one that would just fund movies, He's interested in funding movies or whatever. And then he was like, and lo and behold, Jay made a post. Has anyone thought of self-financing a documentary? And he was just like, like a, it was like a blessing sent from the heavens. <laughs> what, what was the ultimate success in your opinion, or uh, I guess lack thereof with Bet Race Fold? Like, do you feel like the story was told the way you wanted it to and that it, it actually reached as much of the community as you had hoped? Yeah, I mean, people are still watching it. Like the, the I bought it. For what it's worth. Thank, Thank you. You know, financially, we didn't lose all our money, which I think is a win for yeah, documentary, especially a feature. Yeah, yeah, I think, like, uh, and I didn't know anything about film distribution at the time. I, I mean, knew a little bit, but, like, maybe we, if we went back in time, I knew what I knew now. Maybe we could have made some money on it. But I think the win for everybody was we... It would have been very easy, and there was even a point at which Ryan had spent so much time at, in the editing room where he was like, I can't go anymore, and we felt like, well, we're the only ones who have a chance to sort of tell the story of what happened here and why, right? And if we do it right, that movie could last beyond us, and it could be something for the community to show their friends and family and say, this is what it was like. This is what happened. Like, just watch this in 90 minutes or whatever. You can come away knowing the story. And so we just went back to the drawing board. We re-edited the whole movie. And we felt like when we finally released it, we sort of, like, to use the sports metaphor, we put it all in the field or we left it all in the field. And I think we're, we're, all, like, we're all really proud of that. And Ryan is, too. I mean, Ryan's gone on. He wrote Eternals for Marvel. He has a big career in Hollywood and he still gets like hit up about how affecting and how interesting the the story of of poker was the story of online poker and how much that movie meant to other people to be able to show it to their the people that they care about and i i think like it continually gets new life through the distribution deal that we did with a company called gravitas, gravitas. who does a lot of yep video on demand and so they did a deal recently to get it up on YouTube and, and so new people are seeing it on YouTube and I, I think like yeah I think that movie stands up I think I look at it now just like kind of I look at some episodes of Micros I'm like ooh they could have maybe done that a little better now like with the, the, the product of its time yeah exactly but um, I think the way we told the story it gets the story about as good as you can get in, in 90 minutes Agreed. And I'll just say that, you know, in those dark times with Ryan and, uh, you know, him, you know, putting, you know, all his blood, sweat and tears and getting that thing out, you know, watching you guys just do that. I was, you know, just adamant that whatever, whatever we had to do to get that thing released, uh, you know, you were going to have the support and, and 
I remember when we walked into the Palms that night and we were up, we had the party uh, and, and I think at, at some point, I have a great picture of you from that night with uh, uh, Tony and some other people. And um, I remember thinking as we were walking in, um, I wonder if the theater is gonna be filled and if we were gonna fill enough seats. And we actually had so many people show up and I knew at that point that, you know, you guys had, uh, yeah, you, you completed the mission. And you did a great job just, you know, again, you know, kind of keeping Ryan, because uh, that, that rewrite was brutal. I mean, it, it was brutal. Yeah, I think he got shingles soon after. Yeah, exactly. From all the work in the editing room to do that. And, and I, I definitely like that. Actually, thanks to, to Tom Dwan, who was an investor, but the after party, at the Palms, I love that that after party was potentially better or at least rivals the after party from the Marvel movie premiere. Yeah, no, we had, that, that was a sick night. No, that, that, was, that, was, that was our own version of our, of our sick night in Thailand. So, uh, yeah, we just, uh, I remember Jay, that we, we, that just, it was just an endless stream of uh, uh, beautiful people and uh, all of our friends uh, you know, up in that suite. Uh, for hours. That was the the other thing that was I think cool about releasing the way we released that movie and the power of the poker community it was like we were really inspired by this um, independently distributed movie called Indie Game Indie Game the movie. I mean at the time nobody really knew how to distribute content. It wasn't like it is now. So even with the micros on YouTube, that was like YouTube was new. They had self distributed their movie. We were, we thought oh maybe we could take the movie to film festivals, but the World Series of Poker is coming up. What if we just directly sold it to the audience for like 10 bucks? And then what if we turn the WSOP into like our film festival and we got a screen where you could watch the trailer in the main hallway and we did a theatrical premiere at Palms, like 200 of poker's biggest personalities and the people who talked to everybody else. And like, what if we did that and we did that and it actually worked out really well because we, we ended up making more money from direct distribution than we did from the video on demand deal um, in that initial opening. And it led to us being able to build a fan base that started translating it. And so it ended up getting translated with the help of poker strategy too to like 12 or 18 different languages. So it was a, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting time. I don't know that that would work now, but I think... Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty smart when you have your entire audience uh, in one physical place. You know, it, it does, it, it's going to register obviously a lot more with the average poker player than Man, it, with the average movie. It consumer. was economical. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's not to say you can't still shop at, at other film festivals, but it's like, you know, th this, is a, this is a pretty good way to get the ball rolling, I think, uh, in a meaningful manner. It's great for the micros too, right? Like every, there's so many poker pros who would wear, like you were shipping out mm -hmm. boxes of merch. A lot of poker pros would wear the shirts and the hoodies. But the run good, right? Yeah, the micros yeah, run good. We got the, so lucky on that. The, no, the I mean, the run good really has lasted um, for years around the micros. Uh, in fact, uh, I think if anybody put a bullet in the, in the run good, it's probably you, Berkey, busting today. I mean, sure. Like, fucking, <laughs> I mean, that run could last for, you know, years. And all of a sudden, you know, I get an email. Berkey's, you know, day three. He's not going to be there. And I pull up and he's, what are you doing here? Well, I mean, to be <laughs> fair, good starts now. I right? gave all my T-shirts to, to, to these guys because they were going to be on set. So maybe I forgot to wear it. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was your flaw in, in, in the whole plan. Uh, seeing 
now that you guys have kind of like grown through this space and seeing content, how it's evolved, the distribution platforms, and also just like how everybody's communicating, is there a part of you that's like kind of on the sideline wanting to dip your toes back in? Well, there are certainly many stories to tell. I mean, like um, we, we had so many ideas. We just had books and books full of ideas and storylines and characters and stuff. Um, I, I do think that the micros world, it was, it was cut short, you know, that, that, that we could have done, we could have done a lot, a lot more. Um, and it's, it's such a robust, like the characters are good. The world's good. The format's good. Um, it could have even grown beyond poker, you know. I mean, it, it, oh, I mean, it it's translates like, into crypto real fast. Yeah, crypto, <laughs> especially yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy crypto. is like in there. Right, right. I mean, it, it is or or video gaming, you know, uh, yeah. esports, yep. um, anything, uh, board games. You know, I mean, it's like all you got to do is just expand the cast, and 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 you know, we the, those three characters were sort of aspects of poker players, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was kind of what what hooked in hooked uh, the audience into those characters. You could do the same thing with that with anybody, you know, um, bring in new characters who are board game geeks and stuff. I mean, it, it, it could have been, it really could have been the Simpsons of gaming. Yeah. Know? I mean, not yeah, just yeah. poker. Yep. Um, poker happened to be what we were passionate about at the time. Right. But, um, it, it, yeah, it could have, it could have been bigger. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do it again. I mean, in fact, I've done uh comic strips on uh for the micros uh on on the facebook page uh every once in a while when i get the itch um and you transitioned it into magic the gathering is that right yeah okay so the one game that i love more than poker and i'm i'm, I'm a <laughs> Efro's I'm, in the chat so everybody. he's very happy <laughs> yeah uh is I'm, I'm a magic player and i've been playing since 94 or something like that um and so that's that was actually my original passion um uh, but I fell, I fell in love hard with poker, uh, after black Friday and I couldn't play anymore. Um, actually, well, I, I wasn't gaming for a long time, but my, uh, my son brought, came home from school one day and said, Hey dad, let me show you this game. I, you know, I learned at school and it was magic. Right. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh no, I'm back in. <laughs> so, uh, my kids got me back into magic pretty hard. Um, and it, we had established in some of the micros ups, at least one of the micros episodes that chase played magic i think mm-hmm. it, when they moved to canada and there's a shot of all the boxes and stuff that he's moving into the apartment and one of them is his magic cards um and that was something i had just slipped in as a fan of the game myself sure. um and of course chase would play magic i mean of course he would right i mean like that's it's just nerdy enough for him um and so I was playing magic a lot and I thought, God, this, it's, it's just an, a real easy shift is, is introduce a couple new characters that are specific to that, that world, the mm-hmm. collectible card game world. Um, Chase is the, you know, he's the, the, the swing man. He, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, combines kind of the poker world and the collectible card game world. Um, Tommy, yeah, if, if we wanted to do stories about crypto, Tommy's our guy, right? He's right. the one that, that, that leads into that. Um, gambling and, and maybe even sports betting, right? I, yeah. I, could, I could see Rose being, yeah. being the launching pad for that too, right? Is the, the characters and the idea are robust enough that yes, we could have done stories about any and all of those things all at once, right? I think poker would always have been the heart of it. I mean, that's, that's, that was our passion. That's what we devoted years of our lives to. It's also where you're going to draw the most content, right? You have to be dedicated to one of those communities to pull. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and, 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 and to be fair, that's where all of our fans 
are, right? right? I mean, yeah. there there is some crossover into the magic community as well, but I'm not... It, it, it's a small slice of it, right? I mean, it's, poker is really our bread and butter and, mm-hmm. and always would have been. But we could, have, we, could have done, we could have talked about and made stories about so many different things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do get the itch and I do do comic strips because the comic strips are something that I can do on my own, literally. Sure. If I get a funny idea, um, you know, some, I see something in the news and I just, I just crank one out. Um, so. Where's my Fuku poster? <laughs> I'll get it to you. I'm sorry. I got, I got yeah. I'm waiting for that fucking thing to fucking talk. I will get it to you. Fucking pain in the ass. Is there a, is there like, because uh, it didn't, the, the series didn't really end, end. You know, it was kind of an abrupt yeah. stop. Is there any desire to like kind of close the loop and, you know, maybe do like a reunion episode? Uh, especially since you can kind of write it retroactively, right? Like right. you could have never foreseen Bitcoin in 2012, but like now it's easy to say Tommy was an early investor at 10 cents. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the know. penny stocks. I mean, he would have loved that getting in for 10 cents. You yeah. Know, right, and then, right. And then it blows up. Right. Um, that's that's point yeah. one BI. Tommy Katie would approve. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Katie. Taylor Katie. Taylor Katie would approve. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, we so thought about doing a kind of where are they now? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've almost done a "Where Are They Now?" kind of comic strip just just for fun, and 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 yes, probably Tommy would have been you know in in, in the crypto sphere. Um, the big problem, the problem big is reveal: that, it's actually JMO. Right. <laughs> the problem is that an, animation, you know, and comic strips is something that I could do on my own at home. Animation requires so much more to it. You know, it's I mean, it's a matter of getting the cast back together. Yeah. Uh, getting animators and, and the sound and stuff. I mean, it, it really is a massive undertaking. Have you played even. with uh, Vyond? Is it Vyond, I think? I haven't. No, I haven't played around with a lot of the new we, We've done a bunch of animated stuff. Uh, that's what our editors use. It's kind of similar to uh, external or uh, whatever it was. Extra normal. Yeah, extra yeah. normal where it's, it, it's its own suite and then you can just like upload the world uh, and kind of edit it as you go. Yeah, there's all kinds of tools now that we didn't have available to us. Right. You could motion um, capture actual donkeys in them as mill engine. Right. Yeah, yeah. We and, can and, just upload the shows to ChatGPT and let them let them write. Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> which, 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 which is great. I mean, you know, one of the. I think. First of all, I think we, at some point. But I mean, it's just it's a matter of scheduling. You know, like yeah, like we we have lives and kids. It, right. It's just. A different time, but yeah, I mean, John's point. John keeps it alive. It's John's heartbeat, and uh, yeah, you know, eventually, do something. I'm waiting until online poker returns. I'm working on it. We're right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right on the precipice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A year away. <laughs> One year away. Uh, that, that's why I kind of asked. Now that you're, you know, basically a decade removed, you get, you know, you're not a young 25 up and comer in the game anymore, and you're long past in uh, my prime. Yeah. Well, you know, you're raising a family and you're like, you've moved on to other things. This is your yeah. prime now. Uh, right. I just wonder how much draw there is to to want to come back. Because like those of us still emerged are desperate for something like this, yeah. right? Like there's just so much hilarity that's out there on the day-to-day in the Twitter sphere, in these spaces. I mean, the, the content is just endless. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, so I, I had planned to do uh, the, the comics regularly. Um, a couple years ago, uh, I put out a... a, a I, I wrote a 10-part comic strip um, that brought in sort of the Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. uh, element to it. And I did it sort of as an experiment because I thought, I thought, okay, who remembers us and, and it, would this even work? Um, and I was really happy with the result. And, but I, 
I underestimated the response I was going to get from the poker world and overestimated the response I was going to get from the Magic the sure. Gathering world. Right. That the people who saw it, uh, you know, in the, the Magic forums, they were like, oh, this is really cute. You should keep doing this, right? <laughs> but like, that was like 15 people, right? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, hundreds and thousands of people saw it, you know, in the poker world and they were like, oh my God, it's the micros, they're back and stuff. I, I did not anticipate that response mm -hmm. from the poker world. And all of a sudden I had to slam on the brakes though, because I was like, oh shit, I'm, I, am I going to be disappointing thousands right. of people if I'm suddenly putting out stories about magic, right? I mean, like I love it and I know there are some poker players who do love the game, but I know that I'm in the minority. There. I had a heart yeah. attack. Right. And so, <laughs> and so I, I slammed on the brakes because I was like, the last thing I wanted to do was alienate the fans who'd been waiting for 10 years, right? right for more right, micro right. stuff. And so I was like, oh shit, okay, what do I do? So I stalled for time and I kind of, I went back and did sort of a, okay, you know, the story up till now and, and, and um, did some there, basically stalling saying, okay, am I really gonna pull the trigger and do magic micro stuff? Is, is that gonna piss everybody off? Uh, or am I just gonna bite the bullet and get back in the poker world and just start telling more poker stories? Cause that seemed to be what the people wanted, right? And um, so I, I, I underestimated that response a lot of people came out of the woodwork to really support support the comic strip when it when it came back uh, i don't have an answer for that right now because uh, i i then life got in the way sure, um as it does yeah and so if i was going to dive back in and do even just more comic strips about poker and the micros i would have to re-immerse myself in the poker world of course i'm just yeah. i'm just kind of out of it yeah like i've been raising a family he doesn't even know about and, airball I, don't, I, I, do I now, forgot about them already too. Right. <laughs> I, you know, there there are certain peaks Based. in the in poker news that I've caught over the years, mm -hmm. um, scandals and and whatnot. Uh, but the, the 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 day to day minutia of the poker world, I'm just not there. Right. And so I don't think that I could offer an authentic voice yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. It would just be, I. I would, I would find myself doing jokes from 10 years ago. Yeah. That's not what people want. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then suddenly it's a boomer co comic, right? right, you know, right. It's <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, if I was really going to do it, I'd have to spend all day every day relearning what poker is you can now. just come to this podcast so. for like two weeks and mm -hmm. landon will catch you up on all the memes right. uh <laughs> he'll, he'll just have you right up to date with everything that the zoomers are are into and i gotta tell you it's horrible <laughs> no you know what um life comes back into the way pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely horrifying what about you jay what, what uh what have you been up to since most of this content creation has passed a lot of crazy shit yeah <laughs> what have i done i i'm uh what have I done? I, <laughs> Where did the time um, go? I built a virtual reality game studio. We shipped one of the first VR adventure games to the consumer market. And plug it. Since then, well, it's called Kiara and the Elixir of Life. If you have an HD Vive or an Oculus, check it out. Award winning. Um, I was able to play it on an index too. So. Oh, nice. Awesome. Nice. Uh, my brother and I started a company called Heroic Story that we're running now. Um, we started at Y Combinator, the same accelerator that funded Stripe, Twitch, Reddit, Airbnb, and have been um, making a lot of products sort of at the intersection of entertainment and technology. We were creating, uh, well, the, we were creating virtual influencers for esports who like live streamed in front of Super Smash Brothers players, 
uh, that was really fun. And now we're uh, working on products with uh, like AI and large language models. And yeah, I think I've always told my friends who have asked, like, would you ever come back to poker? And I said, my plan is to acquire an absurd amount of money and then come back into the highest stakes games wearing sort of flamboyant costumes and just play like an absolute maniac. That's the right. dream. And so mm -hmm. I'd be the equal, equal parts like beloved by all the regulars, but they would also be so frightened <laughs> because they just like do not care about money. And maybe at that point, Landon, you could send us a script and we can tell you how to make it funnier and light some of that <laughs> make it funnier. that money there i've acquired on yep. fire man you'll be the financier i mean what else is money good for besides lighting it on fire <laughs> it's nice to see things come full circle i i, I like this idea mm -hmm. um you're trying to become the whale you're trying to become turkey <laughs> jerky all, for real we're mm -hmm. all yearning to become the whale yeah. right yeah. for sure that's what it's all for i i I hope that this dream of yours comes true because uh, I think that the pressure for you guys to, to relaunch this or bring it to some conclusion, it's probably high, maybe more so from the outside than actually like on your own shoulders. <laughs> um, but as much as I would love to see that happen, I think just like passing the torch also would be a great transition into the content space. And it's just not there for whatever reason there, there just isn't, that 20 something who, well, you know what it is? They're vlogging. Well, hold on. That's the I think, difference. I was thinking yeah. about this earlier today. I was thinking yeah, like, you. what would you need to sort of make the micros again in today's world? And I think what you need is to sort of have the combined skill set of what we had at the time, which was like, and it doesn't need to be three people. It could be found in one person, two people and like five people or whatever, but it was a shield and a suit. Yep. who could get you the money and it was an insane directorial animation storytelling talent and it was somebody who knew how to write stories but also had seen it all in the poker world and knew how to communicate about poker and teach it in an entertaining way to everybody at every single skill level so if you could find that and We're fund in. them. <laughs> Seems easy. No, but, but, but um, I think we had this conversation a few years back. I mean, but um, I, want, you know, we, we, I wanted these guys to be able to you know, monetize the brand and, and so on and so forth. But obviously, um, we were all you know, working and doing things. And I won't go through the names, but I basically came to the you know, realization that just no one can do it i mean like like it's to jay's point you need someone that is ensconced in the day-to-day -day news and you know the day you know much like you know uh, this show which is you know fantastic and we're all just huge fans of <laughs> oh this, yeah, yeah you know <laughs> and and you know we're locked in uh you know every day um but what? you need someone that can you know uh drive that content and turn it around quickly enough so that it's, you know, timely and relevant. Mm -hmm. um, and we, um, I remember uh, floating a couple of names because, you know, we thought we, we had maybe found some, you know, reporters on the circuit and, you know, I approached them and so on and so forth. But 
it's it's a daunting task. Yeah. But, but now looking at you know Miguel and you know Landon and Brian and yourself, <clears throat> hey, you know we might uh. We might have some uh, guys that we can I, just, you know, light on fire here. I think, I mean, I think pass, <laughs> pass the torch. Pass the torch. I don't mean, I don't mean light. I, I mean, figure it. Look, I, if I passing think, the torch means giving us a bunch of money to do what we do, we will accept. Yeah, yeah. I, we I accept think it right now. Yeah. I think it can, it can be done. But I think what's core to it, is, I'm sure you guys know this, is core to sort of winning at making content. It's like you can't really get into content if your goal is to make a lot of money. Agreed. Like right. you make a lot of money if you make content you love for a long, long time and don't yeah. quit. And so I think the key that I found in going into other sort of content verticals is like if you don't like live in and and sort of you don't bleed the love for what you're making, you're just gonna burn out at some point. You're not gonna care and it's not gonna be any good. And what we had was like we love I mean, we still love poker, but at that time, like, we just, like, that was it. That was life. We were and in it. We enjoyed every minute of it. And what was most fun, what I missed the most, was doing it with you guys, like, cracking up with the idea and then being able to bring it to the, the community. So I, I miss the people. And I think if you care about the people oh. and you care about, you, you love the thing that you're making and you're doing it for the, the pure joy of that, like, that's kind of how you went at it. And I think if you could... I think without that, it's impossible. But if you have that at the core and we're trying to make something that was as funny and, and high quality as what we did, you could do it. Yeah, I think uh, having rewatched it, what I, I noticed the differences and what I missed the most um, is how collaborative everybody was. Like you guys really did put the whole community on display. And I understand that you were in a position where you could easily get cameos and things like that, but uh everybody that was any sort of influencer at that time was a part of the micros if they had the opportunity to be and we have that to a certain degree but it's so watered down right like we're one of 130 something poker podcasts no way. you know it's there is an insane amount mm. wow. <laughs> an insane wow. amount of poker punk podcast and it's like i see like what caitlin comiskey and nikki limo were doing they they do like some sketch comedy and it's fantastic it's it's similar uh to like it's topical the way the micros were and they pull in cameos they, they get people who are relevant to the topics at hand and it's hilarious but the difference is it's not a sitcom like micros almost fit that vo or filled that void of the poker sitcom that was like okay let's tune in this week to see what hilarity ensued right on Twitter or on whatever. And I think that never have we been more divided as a community because the voices of those who have survivorship bias or have made it or are currently influencers are so amplified. And now more so than ever, the, the ones who are, um, I guess, coming up or the everymans are heavily divided between those who have talent and those who are onlookers. We're back in the two plus two days. We weren't able to delineate, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, you play stake X, your screen name is Y, and you're either known in the community or you're not. And everybody was kind of like this, this beige character that was going, had the opportunity to emerge because the dream was so fucking alive. Right. Now it's like very clearly defined. It's like, okay, here's the ceiling and here's the sliver percentage of you that have a chance to get there. The rest of you are just going to be barking in the background. When we were doing the show, um, the show that I had in mind, the template that I was kind of using that I would always go back to when I was trying to find sort of the tone uh, and the right humor and stuff um, was The Muppet Show. 
mm -hmm. is I felt like we're sort of the Muppet show of poker, right? Is, is we, is, and, and, and the cameos, you know, is like, it was just this weird group of characters thrown together and we'd have cameos uh, from famous poker players and we'd always give them an opportunity to make fun of themselves, yeah. right? Is, is we tried not to make it mean-spirited. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, some of the jokes that I regret are the ones that were mean-spirited that we would slip in every <laughs> once in a while. Um, is, is it, is, I mean, when we, I, I, I regret punching down. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We punched up a lot and they deserved it, I'm sure. But um, whenever we had cameos on, it was always like uh, giving them a platform to sort of poke fun at themselves. And, and a lot of- I thought the Seidel one like yeah. displayed that the best. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and it, was, it was kind of easy to get everyone to buy into it with the exception of Victor Bloom. <laughs> Isildur. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't get a lot of no's um, uh, when I went and asked people to uh, be on the show just because everyone loved it and wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And Seidel was great. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I mean. He, he did the, he did the uh, what was it, Bluff Magazine. Remember, we, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we did the cover with Seidel. Yep. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, they really, you know, helped boost the profile. And, and yeah, I, I think I think Eric in particular was just like the perfect cookie cutter mold of a guy who, on the surface, looks like he takes himself too seriously. He's he's very dry, and then he kind of comes in, and every other word is bleeped out. <laughs> uh, you know, he's just he's really playing into the role and uh, kind of giving you guys the gold that you needed. Like that, the the cyborg video stands out to me as only the, the only thing more memorable than it to me is the the actual pilot right the pilot episode is just unforgettable i, I i'll remember it start to finish forever and of course the heads up for roles that episode stands out but like outside of those two by far the the most notable is uh anything involving cyborg the cyborg video but i'm gonna uh, shout out to lee pristula because he directed that he was he was working with us he was an animator he was also at card runners mm -hmm. and he directed that music video and it's it's one of the best things we did so i just wanted to shout shout out i don't lee wherever you are thank you <laughs> and eric thank you thank and, you and for eric always and trusting us and letting us play yeah so what now what are you what are you guys doing I mean, we kind of know where Jay's at, but... Yeah, Jay's trying to get super rich and then give us money. So yeah. we like yeah. where Jay's going. Yeah. <laughs> follow, me on, follow me on Twitter. Jay Rosencrantz. Heroic Story is the name of... And follow, you can follow me and John. We're going to play... I don't know. No, follow me and John. The, the tag team event. Okay. Yes. Series. We we're going to wear the micros run good. Let's go. Oh, and yes. And win the bracelet. I get to swap in. <laughs> and then with my share of the money, I'm going to go to the highest limit blackjack table and try to run it up as high as humanly possible. <laughs> I, I like all outcomes here. Mm -hmm. I will be standing behind Jay yelling, just can we just take half and just put it in the bank? And just <laughs> like bank A proper money bank. manager. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, but Jay's, Jay's being modest. Uh, Jay and Scott are crushing it in their company. What are what are you currently doing as far as like uh, poker, poker production, anything along those lines? Um, Outside of managing Twitter spaces. <laughs> you know what? I don't think I've ever managed, but I just joined a couple. Um, interesting medium. Uh, no, I am. I have a. I'm a serial uh, entrepreneur. Uh, I hate that line, but uh, yeah, I have a bunch of investments. Uh, partners with Jay and a bunch of things. Um, and I've been. In, I'm a. I've been in gaming my whole life. So mm -hmm. third generation. Uh, gaming family, um, 
recently, um, my, my last company, Betworks, was acquired by Bally's Corporation. I've been in the sports betting business for you know a few decades uh, over in Europe and then over here, uh, all regulated gaming. And uh, yeah, and, and now uh, you know I play a lot of uh, PLO with Len Ashbeam, which yep. You know, that's follow, that's you know. how I, I came into contact with you, got yep. to know you a little bit. And um and and thank God, you know, crossbook you. I <laughs> love you for that. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, so just uh, you know, uh, um I work a lot. So uh Fair. I, I, I work a lot off the table, uh, just so I can get back to the table and, and uh, you know, get my hours in. But I, I still I, I still love poker and still play quite a bit and uh, and try to mentor a lot of um you know my friends that are in business now, and and uh, you know help them uh, you know do well. And then for you, John, you're doing the comics. Is there uh, other projects you're working on? Uh, no, um, I mean I was uh, went back to being a stay-at-home dad um, for many years, um, and uh, recently my life kind of got put on hold. I had a health scare, and so I'm I'm just trying to trying to get better, and uh, the outcome of that will determine kind of what I do uh, for the next few years. So. Um, Right now, nothing going on. You can you can find me at uh, at the tag team event tomorrow with Jay, um, but but no no other projects uh, to, to speak of. Right we'll now. we'll be in there, but I'm kind of secretly rooting for you guys to win this thing. I, it would I, be amazing. I feel like anything you guys will just gravitate towards a story arc. Like if you wear the micros T-shirts and you win the whole fucking thing. I mean. We're going to get an episode out of it. Finally oh, get absolutely. some ROI back on this fucking thing after 12 <laughs> years, you know? Well, and that's been our running joke, too, is that the run good always worked for everybody else, but not for the show. Not right. for us, right? Right, right yeah. Um, and so this, this, this is our one time. This is, we're going to use the, the run good tomorrow. For uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys to be able to cash it in. I want to just get it in really bad and suck out. <laughs> I'm starting to think you were balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay was Chase for sure over time so john did, was balls i mean we did we did an NF, nft project that was number one on OpenSea, and when the community started building this was during sort of you know when crypto was more of a thing when we're <laughs> not like they are now but when mm. they, they came in change the name of the company sort of <laughs> i think the community who was forming around around that were like we're trying we're basically sort of like shit testing me in a way they were like are you a dgen or are you some like I'm just like random guy who like came in here and thought it would be good to like, you know, gamble and like whatever. And I was just thinking to myself, I've done more degenerate things than like everyone in yeah. this whole world. <laughs> Please tell the die in the grease fire story before we go. And what, I don't even know what one that is. Which time? For, well, um, from Vipper. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you can watch Two Months, Two Million for that. It's captured in all its glory on reality television. Um, yeah. God bless reality TV. That, that's another show that everybody wants to see a reboot of mm-hmm. is Two Months, Two Million. Everybody, you know, people have to pay the bills, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is, is it just doesn't work. Like, it's not yeah. as interesting whenever it's five guys playing live poker. Yeah. You don't really get to see the same insight. We're just going to wait for Jay to have, like, 20 figures net worth to just dump money. It's, it, yeah, it's also not as interesting watching, like, five guys crowd around a, a solver. I go, oh man, 3% of the time I do get to overbet there. That's awesome. <laughs> um, you know, you were mentioning content creators, um, uh, and I don't know his name, and I apologize, but he's this young gentleman 
Uh, and he just did this one with the GTO wizard comes in. Oh, Greg goes, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Greg goes all in. Shove, yeah. shove, shove, shoving the Ace-5, which you had today. Uh, he yeah. was and, for sure memeing Landon there. Landon is notorious for busting tournaments with Ace-5. Oh, oh a good Ace-5. God, that was very funny. Yeah, very good. There, there's great content out there. I mean, I'm, I don't want to sell the landscape short. I think we're just missing that one staple piece that's like you can count on it. No, I agree. I agree. I, I it, was, agree. it was a fertile time. I mean, yeah. the 2 plus 2 forums themselves some amazing content came out of those forums, you know, yeah. not just, not just photoshops, but videos and songs. I mean, Thomas Keeling, seriously, serious songs are unbelievable from that time. Um, and it, it was just that it was just so fertile, you know, yeah. the creative, there were these brilliant minds who uh, loved poker and whatever their medium of choice was, whether right, it's right. music, uh, it was like it was a renaissance basically it was like a poker renaissance on those two plus two forums back yeah then. yeah i feel like a lot of the creativity now for the young up-and-coming generation is a little bit squashed because they have to be so diligent to the game mm. like you know the game's gotten tough enough that if you want to take this seriously you have to put in the two thousand hours on the felt a year and you have to put in another thousand studying and that just doesn't leave a lot of room for creativity i mean when we were coming up it was about blogs it was about uh, you know, posting to the forums, creating as much like value in exchange for getting better at this game as you possibly could. Now it's like just very rigorous, and uh, you know we're we're trying to unlock the keys of the castle that will teach us how to maximize win rate against a bunch of other guys who are doing the same thing, which makes it a lot trickier and for sure a lot less funny. Certainly a lot less funny. Mm -hmm. Uh. We appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, I think I can speak Thank for you. the entire crew that we absolutely love the micros. Yes. Uh, Thank you. No pressure Thank to bring you. it back, but if you bring it back, you have at least four viewers here <laughs> that will be tuning in to every single episode. It'll still have a million views. That's right. That's right. We'll push it as hard as we can. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Big shout out to WPT Global, our sponsor for the month. Uh, they are running a new... Uh, what is it? They're doing something new. Uh... <laughs> The the note I got says, if you want to take a break from making fun of Tom Wheaton playing in the cash games, here's a new ad read. <laughs> uh, so you have your opportunity to win $25,000 and a free roll entry into the WPT Global's latest promotion, Kings of Cash, starting June 18th and ongoing until further notice. For every hundred or sorry, for every hundred cash game hands played, you receive a raffle ticket for over 25k in weekly cash and prizes. Every player who earns two tickets in a week also gets access to the Kings of Cash weekly free roll giveaway. Uh, there's never been a better time to grind cash on WPT Global. Use promo code Berkey. Uh, you can click in the link in the description below or hit WPT Global. Uh, sorry, hashtag WPT Global in the chat uh, to get the link. Head on over there. If you're in a qualifying territory, don't forget you have a $1,200 sign-up bonus, 100% uh, return. So take advantage of this free money in these giveaways. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We're back 10.30 a.m. Business as usual. We got a lot more Martin Cabral to talk about, so we'll uh, get back into the scandal tomorrow. See you then. Peace.